All right, welcome back to the Like Minds Podcast, an open journal for entrepreneurs and creatives. I'm Josh Allen, joined as always by my friend Adam Davis. That's right. And today we had a very interesting conversation with one of Josh's friends, Joe Riley. Joe Riley is a podcast host for the podcast Musically Meditated. So we got into some interesting ideas around his podcast. And we also touched on building a team whenever you are embarking on a big project and how you go about delegating tasks correctly to achieve that project. We had a great time talking to Joe. Uh, Joe has a lot of experience uh, in podcasts. So if you're somebody who's interested in starting a podcast or any creative endeavor for that matter, a lot of insight to get from this guy. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, welcome back to the Like Minds Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have uh, an, a podcast expert, actually. Uh, I liken him to the Joe Rogan of Northwest Indiana. Uh, Joe Riley is with us today. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks Absolutely. for the compliment, you know, the Joe, the Joe Rogan compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself just in general. Give, uh, give us a little introduction. Yeah, my name is Joe Riley. I've uh, been podcasting for close to three years now. Started Musically Meditative Podcast in August or September of 2017. And I'm close to uh, probably about 130 episodes. And it's a music discussion, discovery podcast, focusing more on the independent realms of punk, heavy metal, and hip hop. And like you mentioned, Northwest Indiana is you know, where I'm from. I'm from Hobart, Indiana. And in the beginning stages of Musically Meditated, we did focus a lot on our, you know, region. And, you know, that's how I was able to build the podcast and the brand because, you know, we are where we're from and that's a great place to start. But since then, it's, it's, it's branching out and, and it's doing well. So that's my background. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love listening to the, uh, to the, uh, to the episodes that you do on specific um, artists. The last uh, one that I re- like really stood out to me was the Mac Miller episode. That was the... A- it was a little while ago, but that was a really good one. I yeah. remember uh, enjoying yeah. that. Well, With thanks the, for listening. Absolutely. What are, you, uh, what are you guys doing now currently? Anything new as far as uh, Musically Meditated? Uh, how, how has it changed uh, over just like since you got started? Yeah, since it started, like as of right now, the podcast, uh, the past 10 episodes, I really focused on taking advantage of COVID in the most positive way possible and I was able to reach out to a lot of musicians that I like from a bias level and I was able to do an inner like a very interview based structured podcast once again uh, they're really great episodes so whoever's watching this check those out uh, we also started uh, off the record and that's a YouTube series where we're focusing on local record stores and we're going to focus on Chicago area record stores and we have like a challenge uh, what particular record we want to buy going into it, but we're showing love uh, for the record buying culture that's out there right now and then supporting small businesses across the board, but even more so like small independent record stores because, you know, the vinyl record collecting culture is a thing of its own. So that's kind of like a subset of musically meditated podcasts, you know, it's off the record. So we took a break from the YouTube channel because 
I switched and uh, went to a different studio and have a new producer now. Shout out to my producer, Finn. You met Finn, uh, Josh, uh, and he was on that Mac Miller episode that you talked about. So, yeah. You know, Finn and I are a team and, and it's doing very well. I also have a, uh, like a revolving door of reoccurring co-hosts now. I would say there's probably about five or six regulars that were coming through uh, compared to the past where it was a really interview-based type podcast or, you, you know, like just all over business, you know, local business owners or, or artists or whatnot. But now I've kind of focused on having the same five different co-hosts. And if I'm going to do interviews, doing a, do it on a, an artist that I like that I know I could really connect with. Sounds yeah, kind of, you know, ego-driven, but it's not. I mean, the, the, those last COVID interviews have been really nice. So it always fluctuates and goes in a different direction. And I just kind of let that organically happen. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely link uh, uh, the YouTube channel. Um, you know, this is a, a question that I didn't necessarily have beforehand, but kind of just came up. Do you consider yourself a entrepreneur in terms of the podcasting you do? Or do you feel like you... Um, are in close to that sector. I know you interview uh, business owners and you talk to them a lot. What are what are some of your thoughts on that uh, local business and entrepreneurship? And yeah, I would say um, probably not technically an entrepreneur because I haven't really made a huge focus or put a big emphasis on making money off of musically meditated. But I think when you build a brand, you don't necessarily go into it that direction but it's kind of grown into that because i've made two different uh, t-shirts throughout the last couple years using local artists and have made money that particular way we have also had uh sponsorships too from local businesses so there was money coming in that way as well i think patreon might be something i do too in the near future um so yeah it's kind of tilting on both on both levels but it's definitely taught me how to network more importantly than anything else so there's going to be more of an emphasis and focus on making a couple bucks in the, in the future that's for sure because i've always spent getting into this you know like as far as the production or when you do a podcast you have a hosting place too where you put it which would be Lipson, so you spend money on that as well and uh you know so there's been a lot of money forked into it throughout the years but I think it's very important if you want your brand to grow. You know, you have to you have to spend money to make money. So, you know, I, I didn't necessarily go into it trying to make some cash, but it's happened also organically, and hopefully there'll be some more money to make in the future too. So, okay. that's interesting, Joe. That brings a, a question to me: if you if you didn't necessarily go into it with the idea of making cash in the first place, what were some of your motives for even getting the idea where you were like, I want to go interview? Uh, different musicians in the area. How did that even come about? You know what? Uh, I wanted to put a huge focus on just uh, positivity and a positive mindset because I think there's a lot of negative stuff out there for free content and media right now. I mean, just turn on your news and you'll see that. So I knew that music was something that everyone connects with. And I wanted to bring a like-minded guest on to talk about an artist that we both love or a musical experience that really changed our life and focus on that. So that's just, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to start a podcast in the beginning, but I didn't necessarily know what exactly, but I knew music was a great avenue to do it because it really does bring everyone together. And, you know, the business owners that have come on, it just, 
I don't know, it was just me networking and going out there and knowing people from my past and different DIY do-it-yourself scenes and bringing them on and just talking about their journey and exposing them in any way I can with, you know, the small listenership that I had in the beginning to now it's obviously growing after the past few years. But yeah, some around those lines. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, getting into it. Um, it's you've always seemed like you had just like a genuine love for music and I've always got that um, from the podcast and especially I've been on the podcast a couple of times and yeah. being in the studio with you, it's, it's very genuine, um, you know, just, um, and similarly, similarly here uh, with like minds, it's, it's trying to, um, you know, just find where humans connect, you know, and find where we, uh, are like-minded and find where we have things in common and, and connect and share ideas and, and explore the things that maybe we don't have in common. Uh, so I always, I always got that from, uh, from your podcast. And I think that's, uh, that's really cool. You have a musical background yourself as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on my mom's side, my uncle plays drums and then my great grandmother, she played organ and then my grandma played piano as well and uh my uncle gave me his first drum kit when i was in high school and i toyed around with that a little bit but my mom's actually a really good drummer and i was always a very rhythm driven person uh but i i gravitated towards bass so i've been playing bass since i was 15 or 16 uh since i started the podcast i haven't really picked it up as much as i would like because the podcast has consumed so much of my like artistic creative endeavors right and it was just a lot easier to i don't know uh just incorporate my love with music by talking instead of playing it so much you know right. so that's but yeah i do have a musical background i've been in uh four different bands the last band i was in was probably five years ago uh but yeah when i was younger like from 16 to probably 22 23 i was in a, in a handful of different bands and played out a lot and it was more of like a heavy metal you know more of a heavy metal alternative metal feel so yeah, okay that's, my background. that's really cool and um yeah you're in heavy metal bands but uh you know when i have talked to you uh and especially like when we get into it on uh, uh the pod you have probably the most eclectic taste in music and you are not only do you have a taste in different genres but you have seem to have a wealth of knowledge in just about every uh genre and artist um that you that you're interested in how do you uh how did you develop that like how did you come across how did you get into so many different um styles of music i mean it's from hip-hop to to uh heavy metal that's it's a pretty wide range yeah, I, I think it's just the uh, always wanting more and, and being a tastemaker. I always like to be a tastemaker uh, with music in regards to my friends and family. So I always was searching for the next best thing. And that's what opened me up to a lot of different genres. Uh, I think, too, I've been doing it as a hobby on my own time since I was about nine or 10 years old. So I just had all of this <laughs> like <laughs> extra random knowledge of, you know, uh, I don't know, just weird intricacies, of, you know, what the lyrics are, kind of what they meant to me or who produced this, you know, being a nineties kid, 
we didn't have the internet. So, you know, you'd buy a CD or a tape and everything inside of that, you know, like the linear notes, like I would read that like gospel and like, that's how, you know, I would discover who's this band, you know, Kurt Cobain said he liked black flag. Who's that? You know, and then you go and check that out and then just digging deep, like through just, you know, enter notes, enter, you know, notes of the record or whatnot. So I've just had this weird obsession with the small little delicate intricacies of who's behind this or what kind of amp that is like just nerding out, you know, like to where I've just had all this information in my head and, and Anthony Fantano from the needle drop was a huge inspiration for me too, as far as, being able to just nerd out and, and express yourself and, and your opinions and try to get others to check something out that you like. So he had a big, big influence on, on me personally and musically meditated. But yeah, I think for multiple genres, that's just something I've always been interested in. I, I just get bored pretty quick and I just like to explore all kinds of stuff from Miles Davis to Morrissey to, you know, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, it's, it's been, I've, I've covered a lot on the podcast in the past three years, but yeah, I'm all over the place, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you always, you just seem to know everything about these <laughs> artists too, which is crazy. I, I've been I think, to, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. I'm into a lot of different music, but it is hard for me to keep up with uh, uh, the details. I guess I'm not as detail oriented of a person. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I'm, a little overboard. I'm a little overboard sometimes i'm not gonna lie like i hope it doesn't turn a lot of people off but like i said the listenership keeps going up and you know i i could find some common ground between i between you and i in a discussion to where i think we could talk about mac miller for 45 minutes to an hour you know and mm-hmm. focus on the positives but i think now too with the internet it's such a uh I don't know, music's such an easily thing to just, re- not necessarily recycle, but just throw in the trash bin and check something out, you know, like we're all creatures of, um, I don't know, what's the next best thing. So there's a lot of stuff that was released 30 years ago that I still don't know about that I'll, I'll discover now. And it's awesome. So the, the internet's kind of good and then it's kind of bad. You know, you, you get sick of something really quick and you move on, but you can also search back. So yeah yeah so i got a i got a quick question for you so yeah you you mentioned that your listenership has been increasing over the last three years or so so i'm curious uh knowing what you know now is there anything that you would do differently if you could restart again from scratch yeah that's a that's a really good question uh do differently I, i think there's something I don't know if it's the Gary Vanderchuk culture and I respect him and I like him, but there's one thing that would really bum me out or was kind of uh, not false flagging, but kind of trickery, you know, likes don't transform into listens. Okay. Like with, mm-hmm. with social media in regards to social media. So there was a lot of that stuff I was looking into in the beginning uh, through social media where, you know, thinking a hundred likes is going to be a hundred followers or a hundred listens. Not in the podcast game for me. That, should, that, that, that doesn't necessarily transcribe very well. Uh, and also chasing uh, the next big guest. You know, you think that's going to make a huge influx in your listener too. That's not necessarily true. You know, the way I look at that is if the guy has 100,000 followers, you'll be lucky to get 
you know, 50 to 100 of those people to actually listen and then maybe 10 to hit subscribe on your button. So mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is plastic. So uh, for those starting off with the podcast, I would say try to focus on, you know, your format. That was something I, it took me a while to learn within maybe the first 10 or 20 episodes. You know, anyone could put on a, micro, a microphone and just BS just like with school or whatnot, if you're going to do a presentation, you're going to want to have your introduction, your body, and your conclusion. So however you can fit that format into an actual natural discussion, you know, it takes some time, but it's really important to, you know, grow your podcast in general and you to grow as a podcaster. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, but yeah, watch out for those numbers, you know, the social media stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff doesn't always apply to how many people are actually listening and then you know in the beginning too a lot of people aren't going to listen so don't let don't beat yourself up over that you know like in the beginning i'd be like oh man you know there's only 50 people or or whatever listening like you know don't don't focus so much on those numbers that's important maybe after a year but don't beat yourself up over that stuff you know i was pretty hard on myself like trying to chase uh necessarily the likes but the, the listeners and whatnot so just just take it slow it's definitely a marathon it's not a sprint you know and you're only going to get better just like with anything you know if you're shooting free throws the shooting a pistol the, whatever your thing is you know you just got to keep plugging away at it so yeah and you know when i had first uh met you um it would have been 2017 uh, and i think when i uh because i i actually um, I actually did some work for Joe, and that was kind of how we originally met. I was doing some video stuff for him, and uh, the thing I had admired was you guys were we were just coming up on a year, uh, I I believe, uh, with musically meditated. And the first thing I took note of, I was like, "Wow, they've got a lot of content already." So that means they've you've you've been just pumping it out, and <clears throat> pardon, and continuing. Uh, to record, I, I think that um, yeah, it's a, it's important to hear people, uh, especially like yourself, as as you're seeing results and as you're growing, to share that, especially with uh, you know anybody who might be listening who might be interested in starting a venture. Um, you know, the term that I like to use is uh, uh, vanity metrics uh, is what a lot of those um, likes and followers uh, can boil down to. Um, and the, it's not that they're good for nothing. It's just a lot of times they're not good for what you think they're, they are, right? It's, it's, right. it's, it is information and, uh, and it can tell you where a trend is going and, and these things can tell you, um, uh, kind of where, uh, the culture is at, but when it comes to actually having success and building a following, you have to put your boots to the ground and you actually have to, you have to create something that people want. Uh, want to follow. Uh, another thing is, you know, um, interacting and, and just talking to the people that engage with you and your experience, how, how important has that been? And, and how, um, how do you have those interactions? Do you make use of social to interact with the people that do take interest? Um, and do you take time to, uh, to talk to people that, uh, that listen to the show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number one way of reaching out Promoting the show, actually reaching out to have guests is 100% in Instagram. 
if it was not for Instagram, Musically Meditated wouldn't even be a thing. I, you know, I got rid of my personal Facebook account for almost a decade and I had to bring that back when I started Musically Meditated, but Instagram is the number one way I have acquired a majority of my new listeners. You know, it's the number one way through Messenger, you know, through, through hashtags, everything. Um, that's been my go-to. I don't know if it's just because I understand it and it's easy for me, but yeah, without Instagram, I wouldn't have had any, anything, you know, like it's really, it's really the hub for me. I mean, Josh, I know that you follow me and, you know, probably in the last six months, every day I've been posting just a record for my collection mm-hmm. you know, to, to try to promote the off the record thing that we have launched, you know, through the YouTube site. But it really helps me connect with the newer listener if they want to check it out because, hey, okay, this is a music podcast. Well, what kind of music does this guy listen to? Well, here's like 150 pictures of my record collection, you know, like you could just scroll through that and you could see like if you have anything in common or if you don't with me musically. And if you don't, that's okay. You know, you're probably not going to want to listen to it, but just doing that alone has really opened a ton of doors. So that's my number one way I, I, I talk to people is through Instagram and Reddit has also been a huge success. I've gotten away from using Reddit and posting my episodes on there. But just a word of advice to anyone that's starting a podcast, if you have your format and you kind of know your audience and you stick with one subject, you can take that and post it on a subreddit feed. And mm. that does wonders. So really interesting. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So I, this, since you're talking about advice for people just starting a, a podcast, I mean, this directly applies to both Josh and myself. Um, I'm curious, how do you go about bringing on like those big names with a hundred thousand followers plus like what are the mechanisms that you put in place to get them to want to come on your podcast if they've never heard of you before well that's going to take time right so as as much actual time your podcast is something then someone of a bigger status is gonna gonna notice you uh for me musically it has helped with certain record labels and publicists you know to to establish somewhat of a relationship with them and then they tell their other artists right so that's another way so just you know putting in the hard work and building up your name and your brand and then making those networks and connections with people you know from the record industry to like i said publicists or business owners has been the way i've been successful with that and a lot of it is um in the beginning stages you know talking about where we're from that was all interpersonal i mean even how i met josh that was face to face you know word of mouth he came to our studio and we went from there and that is something i'm really like proud of for me personally was able to you know to look back on when it first started was to just how much we were doing and how much i was able to accomplish uh by word of mouth and just face to face interaction you know like like Josh mentioned with social media, it's a good tool to study certain things to help grow your brand. But man, word of mouth and actually meeting someone mm-hmm. really strong. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and that goes, uh, I talk about this, uh, this book a lot. Um, uh, Contagious, his last, the author's last name is Berger. I, I believe his first name is Jonah. I think it's Jonah Berger. Um, but social currency uh, is a principle that he uses in this book. Um, and it's the idea um, that 
you know, to my peers and my friends, me sharing, uh, you know, a bit of information on, uh, on content, I carry a certain amount of, uh, uh, social currency on certain things for you. You, pro- you, you have a lot of social currency when it comes to music because people who know you know that you, that, that, that's your thing. So when Joe recommends, uh, a, a song or, or, or an album, it carries a lot more weight, uh, than just, you know, if some random guy on the street, uh, recommends that, uh, that same album to me. Yeah. So it's, uh, it is important the, those, uh, uh, those organic, uh, things and then using things like that, like social currency. Um, a few minutes ago, I had a, something that came into my mind where we were talking about connecting with people and just what you do with the, um, uh, with the show. This is kind of, two-part question okay do you have a interaction with first a listener stranger somebody that came across you on the internet that was meaningful uh and stood out to you in any way and then uh the next one would be uh, a guest that you've had on what was a uh, kind of a meaningful just like oh wow didn't didn't think that me doing this i'd have this interaction with that person yeah, that's a good. Those are good questions. Um, your first question, I I would say on an average, maybe once a month or month and a half, I'll hear from some random person. I I have no idea who they are listening to the podcast, and that's where I get my biggest joy. It's like you don't even know who's listening. You know, like I could look at Libsyn and get an idea of how many and where from. But I would say about once a month, I get someone that reaches out and it really, it means a lot, you know, like, Hey, I'm in England and you know, yada, yada, like that, that last episode was awesome. Like it, it goes a long way. I can't think of a one particular person or story off the top of my head, but it does happen about once a month. Like, you know, whenever you're in the creative process, there'll be some times where you're like, am I doing this right? Or you'll overanalyze or ruminate or like, should I still be doing this? And like when you, when that self doubt kicks in, usually one of those messages come my way and it's like, Oh, this is great. Like, mm. It's nice to hear from someone that you have no idea who they are. Like, Hey, I really enjoy what you're doing. Keep it going. You know, yada, yada. And back to the Reddit thing, like I talked about earlier, you know, Reddit is an interesting place to post your, your creative endeavors or even more so a podcast because they do not know you and they will eat you alive. <laughs> so, so that constructive criticism is always welcome. But you know what I like to do when that happens? If you guys ever run into that, uh, just invite them on the podcast. Like, hey, I, I made this mistake. I said that was the wrong you know, year for that album or we didn't go in depth about A, B, and C, but you're more than welcome to come on part two. We could do it over the phone. And you could just correct every of the wrong things that I said on the podcast. But when you do that, when you call someone on it, you never hear anything back, right? But, right. but yeah, uh, when people reach out like that, it goes, it goes a long way. And, and uh, you know, as far as guests go, there's been a few guests. What's weird about that, like sometimes with podcasting, you could bring on like your best friend or someone you've known for 10 to 20 years and I've had some like weird experiences with the people I know best. Like, you know, they'll clam up on you or they don't know what to do. And it's just like, just an epic fail. Uh, I've only had to like ditch maybe a couple episodes that were recorded, but as far as uh, like, wow, like a really good episode, 
the most recent one would be with Nick Sadler. He's the guitarist for a group called Daughters. I thought that was a really good conversation. It's probably uh, three or four episodes back. You know, it was right when the uh, corona was at its peak as far as all of us quarantining ourselves. You know, Nick is in Providence, Rhode Island, out of all places. And uh, we touched on, like, mental health and uh, the success of Daughters, the band, and just had a really good heart-to-heart, you know. So that was probably my most recent favorite uh, guest that I've had on. And then um, I've had politicians on, too, in the past, and those have been pretty neat. I've had Lisa Beck. She's an Indiana State representative. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of bonus episodes that weren't necessarily just music, uh, you know, music content and those were neat you know when you actually get to sit down and talk to uh, a politician that can affect your life because they live down the road from you you Mm. know it it, it was a really neat episode i've done two with her so just off the top of my head those two guests were great and there's been so many more you know shout out to everyone that's been on I, i i can't remember all of you off the top of my head but recently the nick sadler was a good episode and then uh the lisa beck ones were very informative okay that's really cool. Um, I, you mentioned uh, Lipson. I've heard you mention that a couple of times. What is that? Lipson is the hosting site for, for your podcast. So it's a service. Uh, it's like the mother site. So when you, you pay them. Is it them, similar to Anchor? Yeah, it is. It okay. is. But you, you upload your episode there. And then they put it out, you know, it's it from, from everywhere, from Spotify to iTunes. The only place they don't put it is on YouTube or Anchor. Anchor, you know, right. is its mm-hmm. own thing. It's kind of like Ford versus Chevy. But Lipson mm-hmm. was just the one that I started with from, you know, day one. And that's what I'm still using now. So that costs a certain amount by how many megabytes or whatever you use, you know, a month. I think, right. you know, if you're going to do... Uh, how was I doing this? I would do an episode per week and each episode was an hour long. So that would cost you about 30, 30 to $35 a month for Lipson. If you're going to put four episodes up in a month or an hour long, just to give you an idea. Of, okay. You know, yeah. I had just month. never heard of it. I was curious. Um, what other, uh, what other tools have you found uh, just in, in anything really podcasting and just even social that, that really, uh, that really help you? Well, I think uh, if you're going to start a podcast, my first bit of advice and tool that I would highly suggest is getting your, you know, having someone do the audio for you uh, if, if it's your show. You know, I've had two producers now and, uh, you know, the first producer, he was a kind of a co-host as well, but he was able to focus on the audio, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was mm-hmm. his job and he knew to do that and that's how it is now with Finn. Uh, musically meditated's new producer so it's like everyone knows their job and knows their lane and then with podcasting the uh, audio is really important you know like if i put on a podcast i've never tried before and the audio is trash and i hear that within the first 10 seconds i'll maybe give it a minute i'm turning it off so yeah i would suggest make sure you have an actual human being doing the production uh, that's you know has some background but i mean if you have background in audio, but then by all means do that. But what also is nice too is you're not going to hear yourself right off the bat. And if you keep, you know, it's hard for me to still hear myself when I listen to an episode. And I know that if I was producing my own stuff too, I would probably edit too much of it and cut too much out and nothing would ever get done. So it's nice to just 
have that episode, give it to the to the producer and ask them maybe to edit this out or that out or put in some music or whatnot. That's how I do it now, and then go from there. So sound so is when important. You, go ahead. Or when you first started that out, Joe, did you uh, bring them on as part of your team, like – and like you guys would share any of the money that it would make or did you actually pay them? Okay. Um, in the very beginning with the producer uh, that I used, he also had his own network and had his own studio, but we were all at the infancy stages of the podcast. So this, this network had a, uh, had musically meditated on it, which was obviously about music. There was like a fantasy football one. There was a movie review one, and then there was a professional wrestling one. So we were all together under the same umbrella, under the same network. And in the very beginning, I was not paying for that service, but I did probably after um, 10 or 20 episodes in. So, yeah, it was something that I always paid for. And it was nice. I mean, Josh was there at the old studio. It had a very professional vibe. You came in. Everything was there set up for you to record. And uh, in the beginning stages, he would edit it pretty heavily, uh, my old producer. But as, after about a year, it was basically hit record, and we're going from there. You know, like he's like, "Hey, you're confident enough, just on the microphone itself. You know, your format's tight. You got this." So that was really important. But that takes time too. I mean, trust me, there's still some moments where there might be some awkwardness, or you know, you might say the same thing twice or whatever. But it is what it is. But yeah, that, that was something that I've always paid for was, you know, audio. And I think that goes a long way. And, you know, you always have to be respectful of the listener, man. You know, like you, you got to appreciate your audience so they know right, that they right. can come back to a quality product, you know, talking about entrepreneurship. I mean, you want the listener to, res you want to respect the listener's time. So I've always taken that into consideration and that's why i put a big emphasis on audio you know because it is a team thing you know you focus on the audio i'll come with the content and the idea and it's just a match made in heaven in my opinion it's always worked out very well for me so mm -hmm. yeah the um you've always had uh, uh good producers the uh, the two that you've used the and finn's doing a, a fantastic job at the show uh yeah recently i um i I really think that's uh, important. I, as you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, a video producer, and when I'm in that role, that's exactly well all the things that you're saying. That's that's exactly why it's important to have it because if you have somebody that can that just knows what the product is supposed to be, knows what that type of uh, uh, product looks like when it's quality, and then mm -hmm. you can just focus on the creative. Yeah, when you have a producer that, you know, focuses on the product and you're able to just focus on the content, it opens up a whole new world of, uh, of creativity because you're just able to get in that zone. And that's always whenever I'm working with, uh, you know, a director and I'm in the producer role, my job is to, you know, do all the, the logistics and just let the director create, you know, so that's important. So while we're on that topic, um, go into a little bit more how important that the team is, uh, you know, and, and how to develop a team for uh, a project, if you would. I'd love to hear your, your take on, on any of that. Well, you know, the real basic stuff, know what the goal is at the end, 
you know, have everything set up in place and the right players on the team. And I, you know, at the, at the beginning of this, I would just take on so many different ideas and projects. And I think that was kind of the problem in the beginning stages, especially the network that I was involved in, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of people taking on things they probably shouldn't have. So I've learned from that, you know, going forward and, um, all the experiences now have been have been pleasurable, but not so much in the past. Like I said, I've, I've tried to tackle on a little bit too much. Um, and, and as far as like a network goes too, for anyone starting off on podcast, just make sure that, you know, the network is already established. Uh, I kind of found myself in a situation where I was trying to grow you know, just musically meditated, but also trying to help out with the network. And not everybody had the same goals. And it just, you know what I mean? It didn't really work out at the very end and everybody went in their own direction. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's just trial and error, you know, but knowing the right players to have on the team and, and, and how to focus on it. But like moving forward now, focusing on the positive, like with the off the record project, like, we have the uh, videographer, you know, Ryan, uh, shout out to Ryan Dexter. He was a guy who had a podcast in the area and I knew he was always very talented and uh, I knew he would focus directly on that. And then, you know, like the co-host or the other guy that wanted to get involved, his name is Patrick Buck and he plays his position and he does very well at what he does as far as being, you know, the co-host or, uh, promoting certain things on social media and that's in that aspect of you know the off the record project or reaching out to different record stores to see if we could film there so it's just not trying to bite off too much that you can't handle man just like with anything in life hmm. sometimes you get a little you know, just a little pumped up and you think you could do it all but yeah you know podcasting. go ahead I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine, Danny, actually. Uh, I, we were talking about, you know, everything you're going into um, being in a team and, uh, and playing your role. And um, that's always something that I've wanted to do. And to, to me, it does, it's never really even mattered what that role was. I've always been really excited to just be, a part of a team but like if there's ever been any projects that weren't working out or or just didn't go smoothly it was projects where like the roles weren't clearly defined or expectations uh weren't clearly defined um and you know i we're having i was having this conversation with a friend how how do you know what your role is and that's that's always been something that's very hard for me to answer you know because uh because i can i feel like i can i can play at different uh positions i'd love to be you know the number three number four guy i'd love to you know be in support but i also am very capable of taking on a project and being in a position of leadership so how do you personally and, and you can make this broad you know it doesn't have to just be about podcasts but how do you find your role and in, in teams and in life yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I think some people are born leaders. I'd like to think of myself as a leader, but sometimes I might come off a little bit too constructive. You know, that's my. I know that's my problem. Like, you got to know when to pick and choose your battles wisely, and you need to know when to pump the brakes. So, you know, just speaking for myself, I don't know if it's just uh, 
how I'm hardwired or whatever, but I do like to take control or, or be the leader. So I think looking back when I was a part of that other network, that may have rubbed some people the wrong way because those roles I don't think were clearly defined. But I was also maybe uh, a little bit guilty too of like a seniority bias thing too, like first come, first served. I don't know if that's just with me doing a lot of different union stuff throughout the years with my actual, you know, job and profession and how that works, you know, like if you got hired in there first, you get the job move up, you know? So mm. I think in the past, maybe I had some, some issues with that around the network I was at, but uh, yeah, I, that's a good question. Like how to delegate that. I, I don't know, man. Like as far as looking at, well, uh, and, and more so, um, uh, like how how do you personally know when you're in the right spot where you're where you get to a point where like okay this is my position and yeah i should be in this one you just got to go with the gut man i'm a firm believer yeah. in going with your gut on that uh you know if someone's going to always put up a roadblock with your ideas and the things you want to achieve by the third one third strike you're out i'm moving on that's just how i am like with anything you know you could reach out to someone to see if they want to come on the on your show or you know do anything creative with you and i'll ask three times but from there i just move on and then you know i don't take it personal but you know to to you know the 10 that say no one of them is eventually going to say yes so that's how i deal with that because you know your time is the most valuable thing you can give someone so i'm not going to try to persuade anyone to do anything creative with me if they don't really want to spend the time you know like right. Let's just move on like men and, or, or women and, and do our thing, you know, creatively speaking. You're, you're going to find someone that wants to do it. But uh, back to like delegating it out, you're just going to, you're just going to let, a, you're going to have to let someone be the leader. Like looking at Broke Boy, you know, when you guys came in that last time, just from me sitting back, I could tell that, uh, you know, maybe, and then tell me if I'm wrong, but you, you were the leader as far as uh, the production Maybe like that was your lane. So I don't know who exactly was, who's in charge. You know, I could see maybe Danny was maybe going to do some of the audio. And uh, what's, uh, what's your friend's name? The singer? For Emmanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel. He was kind of the lead. You know, I like to say King Dingling of the, of the bunch, like from the outside looking in. No disrespect to Emmanuel, but you know, like I could kind of tell like, hey, he, he went to school for this. It, it was all your passion, but you know, he was the lead singer of the band. Maybe this was his thing. And I don't know if that's right, a right observation, but is, is that right? Or is that true? Or was it all? Yeah. Not, um, I, I know that in, with that particular project, I've, I've been the producer and that's, okay. you know, and you know, so my, my job is typically to, to just arm everybody is how I look at it, you know, to arm everybody and, um, and yeah, just manage uh, uh, projects. It's been a, a, a lot of, um, as far as the vision, it's definitely a, uh, a co-leadership uh, between uh, me and Emmanuel. And we've okay. always, you know, so that, okay. that works as it does. You know, when you're, whenever you are working with uh, two people, you, you just have conversations about things, you know, and you, uh, you just, whenever you have a disagreement, you work on that. And, but the, the nice thing about it is when you don't, it's gangbusters, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like everything is, uh, everything is on 10. But, uh, but yeah, that, um, with that also, as I'm sure you're, you're, you, you're finding like with getting into different things, 
it's when I think the struggle like uh, is when like other things outside of um, a video project, right? Because like we have a lot of visions just for like a lot of things we want to do with it. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to delegate for everybody. It's, uh, and, and, then, and then sometimes it's, we just definitely don't have the teams in place for some of the aspirations that we have. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. As a as a company, but but yeah, that's uh, uh. Go ahead, Adam. I was gonna say, and just going on this topic, I think uh, when it comes to tackling something large, uh, a big project, I think one of the most key components is having self awareness and honesty, not only with yourself but with your teammates. Like you don't want to get into a situation where you're over promising and then not delivering. You know what I mean? So I think just the transparency between the teammates and the self-awareness to, to know your strengths, but also your shortcomings, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's key when it comes to figuring out how to delegate very complex, multifaceted, uh, I guess, roles and big projects. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like play your position, man, what you're good at. And like you said, be honest to yourself, like play your position and know what you're good at. And focus on that as as far as the team goes. And I think less is more, you know, in regards to any content that you're creating. I mean, the attention span is so like quick or slow or however you want to describe it now with people, you know, to watch your video or to listen to your podcast. They're only going to give you so, so much time. But even with the group that you're doing it with, like I've noticed there was a lot of people involved a year and a half ago. And now for the most part, it's just Finn and I, and then the, you know, the returning guests that I have had on, I know what to expect out of them. Uh, They know what to expect out of me. I'm going to give them a formatted structure of this is what we're going to talk about. And we go through it before we record. And then, you know, the interviews that I've been doing over the phone, anything can happen there, but I always inform that guest too of what to expect. You know, I mean, Josh, I kind of asked you before we did this, like, where are we going to, what are we going right. to talk about? So that's always a good thing too for any kind of interview based yeah, project yeah. or what anyone's going to do, you know, to make something like kind of let them know what to expect. Right. <laughs> I mean, I did it. I used to not do that when I first started with the podcast. It was just like, Hey, come on in, let's talk. And it was just like, right. no, you know? And then I was like, all right, let me just do the basic, like let's give a speech in class, your introduction, your body and conclusion. Mm-hmm. And then there was times where I like probably overdid it you know and i would give somebody something like what is this it would just like intimidate them but i was like right. i just want you to know there's not going to be any surprises at all <laughs> so like you guys said a little bit of a control freak over here i think you know i know that's a part of my problem but at the, at the end of the day i think it's good for the listener yeah okay. yeah you know that's um i like that you uh brought up uh you just bringing it back to i mean basic you know high school early college uh public speaking intro uh body and a and a conclusion um you know the way i've i've always uh thought about everything that i you know creatively uh, is just you're just telling a story and uh, a story you know has three acts you have your uh, uh setup conflict and uh resolution it's yeah you go through those uh same things and you're free to be um uh creative with each of those parts but you're more likely to you know to finish it if you go with those (laughs) go with those three parts so that's uh that's that's good advice because i think uh that's something we're definitely still developing with this particular um 
uh, podcast. Um, and I feel like we've got that through the editing because, you know, when we, when we record them, we get on, we talk, uh, but then me and Adam will record a separate intro that we're able to like kind of talk about ahead what we've covered in this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then that goes into the, uh, obviously into the content itself. So, so yeah, I, you know, I'm, I might have to get on the phone with you and just get a couple more tips on, on how to structure. Some of these. Yeah. Cause yeah. It's, it's an interesting balance. Uh, and Joe, you're probably really good at it now after doing it for three years, I would assume I've actually never listened to your podcast yet. I'm definitely going to check it out after this, okay. but, uh, for me, it's always been an interesting balance. And how do we make this like a raw form podcast, like similar to Joe Rogan, right? Because that's one of the reasons why I gravitated so much to the the Rogan podcast is because it's so raw. It's right there. You can see uh, sometimes two opposing forces, like tackling an idea in real time. And uh, that's what that's what's so appealing to it. But with that said, with some of Joe's podcasts, uh, he does have some type of an agenda that he's like infusing into it, you know? So that's kind of an interesting balance that I think both Josh and uh, myself are trying to figure out uh, for this podcast, you know? Yeah, that comes with time. Uh, You don't want to force anything. I I would be willing to bet, though, that whoever Joe Rogan sits down with, there is a discussion. before what what top you know topics we're going to hit on now remember too like rogan is a very very sharp guy i mean he's a stand-up comedian you know he's very very well well spoken so he could um rattle off a lot and he's been doing it forever now i mean he is the king but the guests that he picks on you know that that he puts on his show like none of those people are dummies either like they're all so very well spoken but i guarantee you there's some sort of discussion beforehand. And that's what I used to do uh, in the past when all these episodes, when I had guests on were face to face, it was almost like an interview thing. You know, I would bring them in, uh, you know, or meet them for a beer at the bar an hour, a half hour before we recorded. Because a lot of people were strangers that I didn't know just so they can get a feel for me and just see how this is going to work out. You know, I mean, there have been some guests where it did, you know, the goal wasn't met and, you know, they kind of clammed up once the, the light was on, but that, that's that's what's good about meeting them first, you know, to see like, oh, shit, this might be a good one or this might be mm-hmm. a bad one. <laughs> Just getting prepped. Yeah, but there is a fine line of uh, making it organic, the conversation, so it has mm-hmm. a natural flow. But if you do have a format and something to fall back on, when you go off course a little bit, you can get right back on with that person. It's okay you know, for things to get off sidetracked a little bit. Uh, but like I said, once again, you want to be respectful you know, to your listener, whoever's checking you out. And if they know that they're going to come here to listen about Josh and I talk about Mac Miller, that's what it's going to be for the most part, you know, because right. I think with podcasting now, there's a lot of buddies just talking about all kinds of topics, but uh, that's okay. That's cool. But it's really hard to tar- target an audience like that. Like I've had a problem with that by talking about so many different genres of music. It's hard for mm-hmm. me to find just one lane to fit in. But then again, I'm happy I didn't just do one on heavy metal because then I wouldn't be able to grow as much as I have. You know, like I have certain people that want to hear us talk about hip hop. I have certain people I want to hear us talk about death metal and so on and so forth. But yeah, I'm sure back to Rogan. 
yeah, he, he's the master, but I guarantee you they have some kind of pre, you know, sit down talk. Yeah. Like we're yeah. And, and I think sometimes he even says like, you know, we, we were talking about this before it started or sometimes he even goes out to dinner with them like the night before, you know, so completely mm. agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in regards to uh, anybody that may be listening, it, and this is not just with podcasts, but any type of uh, video uh, content where you're going to be speaking or um, kind of sharing an idea or, or talking with somebody, uh, I, I w- I'm constantly trying to figure out how to normalize and uh, kind of explain this idea of like, just because you have, uh, and you kind of said this a minute ago, Joe, just because you have like an outline doesn't mean you have to be like super rigid, but it's really good to have that outline so you have something to get back to because you're, when you go off the rails, you're, you're, you're either going off the rails in a really good way or in a really bad way. And that's all in my, like when, in my experience, that's why I, I like to have those. It's, it's a fail safe, you know? Like when you have a project, uh, you try, like, especially when it's an interview, if it's going to go off the rails, but it's great and everybody's vibing, you know, in the middle of it, you can throw it away and like just and just let it go. But if you don't have it <laughs> to start with and uh, and then you need it, you know, it, it's definitely a problem. It's, it's, it's just the it's the cliche. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a fine line. I uh. I always make the joke and call it a brocast. You know, like it's okay mm-hmm. to bro out sometimes with your buddies, but you know, you got to think about it. There's some, uh, you know, there's 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 some young lady in London that might be listening to this that does not know Josh and I's banter or sarcasm back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I might overthink things like that, but like I said, man, if someone's going to give you their time and listen to an hour long podcast of you saying something. I think it's really important and respectful to have your shit together and have a clear line of what you want to talk about. You know, it, it, I right, didn't learn right. how to do that overnight. It took some time. <laughs> right, right. So, For yeah. sure. That's all really good, man. Uh, I'm really appreciate you, uh, you sharing all that. Uh, I hope somebody is able to uh, take some of that information. I know we're going to take a lot of <laughs> a lot of this information as we continue forward with the podcast. Um, we're going to look to wrap it up. Before we go, what, uh, where can people get in contact with you? What should they check out? Uh, you can send me any links and we'll put them in the description below on, uh, on YouTube, but where can, where can they connect with you? Uh, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram and that's musically meditated podcast. Uh, you can also email me at musicallymeditated at gmail.com. Those are the two places I will respond right away. Uh, the podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts at. You know, it's on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify has been doing well. I like the direction Spotify is going with podcasting. Speaking about Joe Rogan, once again, I think there's a lot of opportunities there uh, for podcasts to get a little bit more publications and maybe a little bit more press, you know, through Spotify. So. Musically Meditated is on Spotify, so make sure you hit follow. And, you know, it's important, too, on iTunes. Give us a rating and uh, leave a comment so we can get up in those algorithms and compete with all the the big-name podcasts. But, yeah, we're we're everywhere. Wherever you listen to a podcast, iHeartRadio, I could go on and on. So it's available, man. There's about 130 episodes. So 
check them out. Everything's evergreen. They never age. Absolutely. For sure, I Joe. Love it. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. It was nice meeting you, man. All right. Nice meeting you guys. Absolutely. Take care, Joe. All right. Take care, man.